Acts chapter 4, verse 23, says, In being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against the holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined be Before to be done, excuse me. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thy hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. And they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord. Jesus and great grace was upon them all and neither was there among them that lacked for as many as were possessors of the lands or houses sold them and bought the prices brought the prices of the things which were sold amen precious Lord we hear the people of God now praying And we see the people of this church in in the book of Acts praying, filled with the spirit of God, filled with courage and boldness, dependent on the word of God and full of grace toward their brothers and sisters in Christ. We ask right now by the power of God that we understand the purpose and the intentions of the church. Father, we ask that you be with us as we learn on this day. Why the church is so important. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, I know I read a lot of scriptures. I don't think any of us would say I read enough Bible this week. So we, we open the scriptures up and we find out in, in those 10 verses, we find out at least, at least five things about the church. And I'm not going to try to finish all this today. I wanna, I'm, I'm probably going to stretch this out a couple weeks. But... Right away, you realize that the church of the, of the New Testament, of the church of the book of Acts, it was a praying church. It was a praying church. You see that in, 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 in throughout all the scriptures saying we were, they were a praying church. But it was a spirit-filled church. It was a spirit-filled church. 
Not only was it a praying church and a spirit-filled church, it was a it was a courageous church. Then we we, we think, you don't think about that as it's today when you think about the church. We don't think about the church as being bold and courageous anymore. You know, a lot of the churches have have watered it all the way down and they've compromised the real bold things of the Lord. And, and, and it's sort of like it's just church. But the church of the New Testament was bold. It was courageous. And they stood for things. They talked about Jesus Christ and him crucified. They talked about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they, they, and they expected to hear the word of God. They expected to hear the word of God. And we will talk about this today. And, and, and again, they were full of grace. What is, what is grace? We talk about this Wednesday, Sunday. I don't, think, I don't think a day goes by when we're together as people of God. We don't talk about grace. Favor. Favor. When you're when you are when you are a church filled with the Spirit of God, when you're a praying church, when you're a courageous church, guess what you need? More than anything, you need favor. You you can't you can't walk the Christian life in a fallen world. I listen to Deacon Jeremy pray. Yeah, we live in a fallen world. We live in an evil world. We live in a world that is that that the church is soon, very soon, to come under attack. Big time. Okay? We're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to serve God without his grace, Amen. without his mercy, without his spirit. It was a biblical church and the fact that it was a praying church. Paul, Paul writing to the, to the church at, at Rome, and I have these biblical prayers here, but, but he says this, and I, and I think this is, this is for today. Romans 12, 12, watch what Paul says. See if you can relate to it now, right now. He says, rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulations, continuing, continuing, instant in prayer. When we see when we see these incidents, we hear about all these young people being killed, and we hear about all the, the shootings and everything. Are we instant in prayer? Are we instant in prayer? When I, when I was coming home just the other day, and I seen all, I seen all the signs because if you get on the freeway, they'll tell you they put the sign out. There's there's an incident, a major incident. They'll tell you why you can't get off the freeway here. And and again, you see, you look over the bridge, and I see all the cop cars, all the police cars, all the ambulance. And I and I'm thinking, oh, I need to be praying. I need to be praying because somebody's gotten hurt. Somebody's gotten hurt. And and it's never just one person. When when a person gets hurt, usually it's a lot of people that. It, that are affected by that. That are affected by that. So Paul tells the people in Romans 12 and 12, he says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. And he says, being instant in prayer, Be, being ready to pray. Y'all hear me when Jake come in, he'll come in and I'll, I, I'll say, Jake, you'll pray. I didn't, I didn't do it today, but I'm pretty sure he'd been ready. That's the whole thing. Amen. This morning I asked Margaret to pray. I don't usually ask Margaret to pray in Sunday school. And I said, Margaret, pray. She's ready to pray. Always ready to pray. We should always be ready to pray. Okay? We ought to, we ought to rejoice in hope. What, what does that mean? Somebody say, we ought to be rejoicing in hope. The Christian, the Christian, like no other people, we can rejoice in hope, no matter how bad it gets. No matter how bad it gets. You know what we can do? We have the hope of heaven. And we have the hope of salvation. We have the hope that when this life is over, we have a hope in heaven. We have a hope in heaven. Okay? 
Colossians 4 and 2. Paul writing again, talking about praying, because the church is a praying church. A church is a place where we come to pray. People say, I don't, I don't need to go to church. I can stay at home. Who's going to pray for you? Who's going to really know what you have need of? How many people, how many people you think that tell that say that, that if we have, I can have church at home? How many of you really believe they're having church at home? They, they're just saying it because they're rejecting the church. And they say, well, I can have church right at home. How was that for you, Christine, when you were doing church on Zoom? Did, is that what you wanted to do? No. Christine, I need to get to church. I need to get to church because it meant something to her. It was important to her. I hear people say, well, you know, I can have church at home. I say, what time does service start? Because I want to maybe come. <laughs> See? And they don't get no answer. They don't give me no answer. What time does service start? We're not, we're, as Christians, we're not designed to worship God in isolation. Amen. We're not. We're designed to fellowship among other believers. The church called the Ecclesia is a place where the people of God gather to worship and praise and fellowship. What would Sylvia do without me? Okay, what would she do without me? She don't even know. Wednesday night would be never to be the same. Because we come together and we laugh and we get on each other's nerves and we talk and we eat and we fellowship and we share one another's burdens. How would I, how would I know? How would I know? Toya going through some things. She lost a, lost a, lost a couple of loved ones this week. How would I know? Okay. Okay. Hebrews 10.25. Now watch this verse. You guys are familiar with this verse. And, and, and really, well, you know, when I, when I tell you verses that I know you're familiar with, because you run into the people. You run into the people and you're talking about church. And you may, I was at church today. And they said, well, I don't go to church no more. And you got to have an answer for them. See, the Bible says always have an answer for people who ask you about the hope that's in you. And, and the hope that's in us is found in church. So when you run into somebody who you knew used to go to church and don't go anymore, you, you ask them, why don't you go to church anymore? And they say, because I don't, uh, I can do church at home. You need to have an answer for them. You need to have an answer for him. Paul, Paul, the writer of Hebrews, says this. He says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. That's a, that's a command. God is saying through the, through the word of God that the, for, the, the assembling of ourselves together in church is important. Amen. It's important. It's important. Watch. He says, as a matter of some. You know why, you know why they was ab- abandoning the church back then when this was written? Because there was turmoil. There was unrest in the land. And the people thought that the, that the rulers would come to the church and, and gather folks up and persecute them. So they stopped coming. And if you worried about being persecuted, if that's your reason for, for not coming to church, that's a bad reason. That's a bad reason. Because you're really saying, I don't, have, I don't have faith in God to protect me from come what may. It's important to go to church. Watch why it's important to go to church. Watch what, it's, watch what it says in Hebrews 10.25. It said, not forsaking assembly of yourself together as a matter of some, but exhorting one another. You know that word exhorting means? Praying for one another. Talking to one another, listening to one another, encouraging one another, loving one another, showing one another what? Grace and mercy. Okay? 
That's what it means when he says exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Anybody here other than me see the day approaching? Amen. Anybody here see the importance of, of a relationship with the Lord? Folks, folks, folks dying without knowing the Lord and, 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 and they have family members that's, that's saved, that say they know the Lord. That's, that's, that should not be. I mean, they, I mean they, they may avoid you because they say, well, you know, I don't want to go around them because they, all they do is, you know, praise the Lord, talk about going to church. That's fine. At least they know somebody that's doing that. Amen. Okay. Okay. That's, that's Hebrews 10.25. And the Bible says they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They didn't stop. They didn't stop. They didn't stop believing. They didn't stop learning. They they kept on. This is new. This is the church in Acts. They kept on, no matter how rough it got. They kept on moving forward in the apostles' doctrine. Hmm. Hmm. The true church. The true church. I, I, I put that in there and then people say, well, every church should be true. Every church ain't true. Amen. Okay. The true church, watch this, is always spirit-filled. And I almost have to cringe when I say spirit-filled because some of y'all really, as soon as y'all hear that, as soon as I say spirit-filled, some of y'all think, oh. Folks running around and dancing and shouting and falling out and, and all that. that that's, that's, that's not what that means. Matter of fact, there's nowhere in the New Testament church where you will find any church with, that did that. He was ah, David danced, David danced, and David danced. David danced for a whole different reason. And we know it because we studied it. David brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. First time he went to get it, the first time he went to get it, he, he, went, he went the wrong way and they, they just thought they could just haphazardly bring it back. Somebody died, that touched it because it shook and it was going to fall over. The person grabbed it and died. David went back, studied. He went back and studied and studied and studied. And then he said, let's go and get the ark now because he knew how to handle it. And the Bible said he took one step forward, one step back. It was a tedious, tedious journey. For David to bring that heart back. And when he brought it back, it, he was so relieved. He was such, it was such a great monumental task that David danced till his clothes came off. In the spirit. Amen. He, was, it was, he was thanking God. And he was thank, it was his way of thanking God for, for allowing him to bring this heart Bang. It's a spirit-filled church. Now I can talk about being a spirit-filled. What is a spirit-filled church? What does it mean? What does it mean to be filled with the spirit? How about that? How about we start there? What does it mean to be filled with the spirit? Think about that. That's a good lesson. Watch this. Acts 2.1. You turn there and stay with me because this is fascinating. Because people don't know. People say, ah, being filled with the spirit means you... You get to run around. No, don't. No, don't. No, don't. I'm going to show you today. Because I, I believe every, everybody in here should be, should be filled with the Spirit. Some people don't want to be filled with the Spirit because they think, they, think they, don't, they don't know what it really means to be filled with the Spirit. I'm filled with the Spirit. Amen. Okay? I'm filled with the Spirit. Here we go. Acts 2.1. Watch this. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Fully come. 
They, they were all with one accord in one place. All 120 of them. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house with, with where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like fire and it set upon each of them. Here we go. Here we go. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and to begin and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. Amen. So what happened? What happened? Let me tell you what happened. They, they, their spirits, we, we have these human spirits and their human spirit was overwhelmed, overcome by the Holy Spirit. Okay, that, that's what happened. The, oh, their, our human, their human spirits was overcome by the Holy Spirit. Okay, let me let me let me read just what was written. To be filled implies that uh, that the human spirit within was overwhelmed by or immersed in the Holy Spirit. You hear people say, call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That means our, our human spirit was fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Guess what? Guess who was in control now? The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit spake. The Holy Spirit gave them utterance. They didn't say what they wanted to say. The Holy Spirit gave them words to say. Okay? They were empowered by the Holy, this Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit was in complete control of everything that was happening. And they went running around acting like fools. How do I know? Because the spirit of God is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, faith, meekness. Here we go. Temperance, self-control, self-control, self-control. And they spoke. What, what did they say? Remember what, what, what did they say? What do y'all think they said? Okay. They spoke the, the wonderful works of God. And what are the wonderful works of God? Y'all know what I said all the time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that what? Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now it happened again. It would happen again in Acts eleven fifteen, and it's the same thing. It says, and, 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 as I be, and as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them and they as on us at the beginning. Same thing. What did they do? Spoke the wonderful words of God. So don't get caught up. You want to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. As believers, you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. You want, you want the Holy Spirit to guide you and direct you. That's what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You want the Holy Spirit to be in control. You don't want to be in control. When we're in control, when we are in control, we get in a whole lot of trouble. Okay? The true church, this is good, is a powerful church. You know, I, I, I like talking about the power of God. I like talking about the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. But the true church, the true church that's standing for God is a powerful church. Not scared, not fearful. You know, you can run into a whole lot of people, a whole lot of Christians that are scared. They, they, they're not going to make a stand. They don't want to say nothing. Yeah, I don't want to speak to that. I don't want to speak about that because I might get in trouble. You ever wonder how much trouble you might get in by not speaking it? 
God didn't give us what? He didn't give us the spirit of fear. Okay? We sing a song. We sing a song. We sing this song a lot here. We sing this song a lot here. But sometimes I wonder if we just singing it. If we just singing it. Are we really focusing on the words of this song? Y'all know it. Y'all know it. Would you be free from the burden of sin? Okay? Now y'all know the next chorus. There's power in the blood. So the moment that we that we say we are saved by the blood of Christ, we become powerful entities, powerful, powerful people of God, powerful men and women of God. Would you be free from the burdens of sin? Who don't want to be free from the burden of sin? Sin is a burden. Sin is a burden. Sin, sin is, is what you see going on in our world today. Sin is wrecking society. Okay? Would you be free from the burdens of sin? There's what? Power in the blood. Watch what Peter says. Peter says in 1 Peter 1.19, he says this, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish. God didn't save us to be weak. He saved us to be powerful. Would you, would you over evil a victory win? Would you want a victory over evil? How many of us in here would say, yes, I do. Yes, I do. There's wonderful power in the blood. That's how that says. There's only really four, four challenges in that song. The, the third one, would you be free from your passion and pride? How many, how many folks you know are, are in bondage because of their passion and their pride. Amen. See, see these songs. These songs resonate. These songs have powerful meanings. If we really just look at the songs. You should be able to go through a hymn book. You should be able to go through a hymn book. Or any song that you like listening to. You say it's a Christian song. You ought to be able to find the gospel in it. If it's gospel music. It ought to hold the gospel. Okay. Some of this contemporary gospel. You won't even hear. You won't even know what you're listening to. Rarely do they talk about the blood. Rarely do they talk about the resurrection. Rarely, rarely do they talk about the power of God. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood. When we talk about the leper, when we talk about the leper, the leper, when, when, you, when you talk about the leper, the, when he had leprosy, that's, that's a picture of every Christian prior to being saved. Amen. Okay. Got leprosy. Eating us up. Eating us up. Eating us up. It's eating us up. Mm-hmm. Okay? What did Jesus do? Touch the leper. Amen. He touched the leper and he cleansed it. The song says, come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. How about that? Think about that. There's wonderful power in the blood. I'm gonna I wanna read some scriptures. I like reading scriptures. I ain't got a whole lot to say. Here we go in, in the book of Acts. I believe it's Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 36. This is talk about the power of God working in the church. Okay. Listen. How many, how many people were present? At the day of Pentecost or in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, the year that Jesus died. How many people, how many here are looking at that? I, I had to look at that because 
you know, and I'm studying, you know, I'm studying. I'm like, they, they boast about 3,000 souls being saved. Okay. How many, how many people you believe? And you don't got to answer because if we're in church, if it was on Wednesday night, we have all kind of open discussion about this. But how many people came to Jerusalem for, for Passover and, and were there during Pentecost the year Jesus died? Thousands, huh? It's estimated, and I've and I got this site, this Israel site, between 200,000 people and a million. Uh, upwards 200,000 and a million. So when you add up a, a million people and only 3,000 came to the Lord, you see what I'm saying? That ain't, that's not even, that's less than 1%. Maybe like point three percent, and the gospel was preached. So keep that in mind as I read as I read Acts two thirty six through forty one. Watch this now. It says, "Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ." Now, Peter is preaching one of the most powerful sermons ever preached, and he's given these—he's given all these nations that have came here. He's given them the business, and he's given them the answer, and he's saying what they have done. Okay, and he says, "Now, when they heard this." People, this 200,000 to a million people. Now, when they heard this, they understood what Peter was saying. Okay? They were saying that Jesus came to die for our sins. And we need to be, we need to accept him as Lord and Savior. And when they heard this, verse 37, they were pricked in their heart. Now, being pricked in the heart don't really mean nothing. Okay? There's a whole lot of folks walking around this world, unsaved, don't care nothing about the things of God, that have had, at some point in their lives, their hearts pricked. They have heard the word of God. They have seen God come into their lives. They may may have been cured of some disease, or they have been blessed in a crazy automobile crash or something, and they say, well, you know what? I've seen God. And when they get healed and they get back together, they just say, bye-bye, Jesus. Okay, he says, he says, now when they heard this, Peter preached the gospel. He know what he preached. They were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brother, what shall we do? What shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, here we go. Repent. Okay. He would go, when the last time you heard somebody preach on repentance? When the last time you talked to, talk to a, a believer, a cousin, an uncle, or somebody that, that you know, and they talk about being, being repentant or, or the fact that they have to repent? See, a lot of people think they can be saved without ever repenting. That's impossible. Nobody's saved without repenting. Nobody's saved without turning from their sins. No one's saved without, without a change in their lives. Nobody. Repent. Peter said, what, what should we do? Here you go. Repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's just straight out of the Bible. Okay. For the promises unto you and your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord God shall call. 
Everybody in this, everybody in this church, okay, every little child in this church, every grown up in this church, has to at some point repent. Okay, okay, that's just the gospel. Verse forty. This is where it gets interesting. And with many other words did he testify and exhort. There's our word again, exhort. Peter's doing his best. He's doing his best to encourage these people, to talk to these people about the need for them to repent and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's the job of a preacher, to exhort people to receive Jesus Christ, even to ask and to cry out, I need a Savior. I need to be saved. I need to be delivered. I want to be, I want victory over, over sin. I want victory over my passion and pride. I want to be cleansed. That's, that's the, the call of the, of the preacher. Amen. Okay. And he, and, and it says, and with many other words, he did testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. How about that? You know, even in the days of Peter, even in the days of Peter, there was an untoward generation. The Columbus looking at me and I know you're going to explain to me what untoward generation is. I sure am. I sure am. Because it didn't start. It didn't start in 2015 or it didn't start in 1865. It started, you know, back in the day, slavery and all that. And people people been crazy for a long time. People been evil and perverse and, and warped for a long time. Okay. Pedophiles didn't just come on the scene 20 years ago. Okay? They've been around a long time. Okay? It was, all, it was always talked about that Julius Caesar and all them were big time pedophiles. Okay? So when he says it, he says, save yourself from this untoward generation, perverse Crooked and war. You think y'all see some of y'all think politicians just politicians just became corrupt. <laughs> you get a chuckle out of that. They've been corrupt a long time. Amen. Okay? When 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 Jesus and Mary had to go all the way up to Bethlehem to pay taxes, that was because of corruption. He just wanted he just woke up one day and said, I'm gonna tax all the people. Make them all come to Bethlehem. Little did he know he was fulfilling prophecy, but it was out of a corrupt heart that he planned that. He said, save yourself for this untoward generation. Now watch this. Here was my point about, he's talking about possibly a million people. Okay? They heard this. Because I, I hear people I hear people be bragging. I, I You know, God preached at Pentecost and 3,000 people came to the Lord. That's dropping a bucket. That was nothing. Okay? I mean, watch this. Verse 41. And then they gladly received his word. Let me, let me go back. Wait a minute. I, I read that wrong. And they that gladly received his word were baptized. Okay? And that in the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. It's almost, if you read it like that, it's almost like, you know, you, you, ever, you ever see the preachers? And they got a big audience of people. And then they go downstairs and count the money. And they got 1,000 people in church, they count the money, and they got $1,000. And they be like, man, I got all these people and I only got $1,000. See? 
It's almost a, almost a letdown that only 3,000 people came. See, Jesus, the man asked Jesus, the one, man asked Jesus one day, said, are there few being saved? And Jesus said, don't worry about how many being saved. Make sure you're saved. Okay? Jesus talking, Jesus talking to a group of people, thousands, maybe a multitude. A multitude could be 500,000 people. And know what he said to them? Know what he said to them? He said, it's a narrow road. He said, it's a narrow road that leads to heaven, and few be on that road, okay? Or few be that find it. So, so it's never been popular. A lot of folks want popular. It, it's, it's never been popular. I, I, don't, I don't want nobody to think, oh, you know, I'm, you know you, you, you're the preacher, you're going to be popular. It's never been popular. Never been popular. Never will be popular if you if you doing it right. But look at look at Paul. Man. Look at Paul, the most popular preacher of all time. There's no preacher more popular than Paul. Okay. And 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 Paul said and, and Paul said in Romans fifteen nine. Paul said I fully preach the gospel. Here's a man who said I fully preach the gospel. You would think because he did exactly what God called him to do. He fully preached the gospel. That he would be popular. That he would be loved. That he would be adored. Watch what Paul says in Romans 15, 19. He said, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God so that from Jerusalem and around about Ericum, I have fully Preach the gospel of Christ. Paul said, I fully preach the gospel of Christ. He said, anybody worthy of, 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 a, of a mega book deal, a, a, a cruise, a pastor's anniversary, a blacked out Bentley. Paul says, anybody deserve that? I did. I fully preached the gospel. Paul said, I preached the resurrection 50 times. I preached John 3.16. I preached it. 50 times. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. This is a gift of God. Paul said, I wrote that. He said, I preach John 14, 6, for God, for Jesus said, I am the what? The way, the truth, and the life. No man comes through the Father but through me. That's fully preaching the gospel. Paul let everybody know there was only one way to heaven, and that was through Jesus Christ. Paul preached it. John, John 3, 7, Paul said, marvel not that I say unto you that you must be born again. Imagine how many times Paul preached that. He fully preached the gospel. You know what he got? Got his head cut off. Got his head cut off. And, and, and here's his closest guy. This is his closest guy. You know, preachers don't have a lot of friends. Like, like I tell people, you know, I can, I can leave my phone on in here. Okay, if it weren't for likely sales, I wouldn't get no phone calls. And I don't even know who likely sales is. This just comes up likely sales. And use our answer. They say, you know what? That car you got, that car you just bought, do you have do you have coverage on it? See that kind of stuff. Likely sales, you know. And they'll call me about some some insurance or something. This is the only phone calls I get. Columbus don't call me. Jake don't call me. I mean, if I, if I was a pool installer, he would, might call me. 
Jeremy stopped by the house the other day and didn't even stop. I had to call him on the phone. Hey, Jeremy, I need a ride. Margaret don't call me. There you go. There's the only person calling me right there. Hey, girl. <laughs> no, y'all understand what I'm saying. Don't y'all all start calling me because I, I ain't going to answer it anyway. But... <laughs> okay. Be like, oh, I don't feel like talking right now. But here's my point. Here's, here's his closest, closest friend. Demas. 2 Timothy 4.10, Paul's at a jail. He's in prison. He's about to get his head cut off. And it says, demons have forsaken me, having loved this present world. That's it. That's what you get. That's what you get on this side. See, that's what you get on this side. But it gets better. It gets better. How about that? Watch this. I'm going to close. I'm going to close. I'm going to close. Because I'm not going to try to get all this in today. But look at look at look at First Corinthians one eighteen. I, you know, sometimes I would look at that scriptures and I, I laugh at them, and I, I'm fascinated by them. I'm just fascinated by reading the scriptures, and 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 this week especially, I've been, you know, I did something. I remember I told y'all what I was going to do. No more TV, no more Fox News, no more none of that. I ain't listening. I ain't watched none of it. Amen. And I've been listening to I've been listening to John MacArthur. I've been listening to preaching all week, all week. And it just, it just has blessed my soul. You know, Blanche asked me, he's like, what's wrong with you? you I said, Blanche, I feel good today. <laughs> you, ever, you, you ever talk to somebody who thought you was a fool for, being a, for, 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 for coming to church? They think y'all give, they, see, they think y'all giving me all y'all money. That's why they don't like me. See, y'all giving the preacher all y'all money. That's why he driving that Prius. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Jackie, it don't make sense. You know, they give me all the money. I got a used Prius. 140,000 miles on it. Okay. Whew. Jeremy, you think that's funny, right? <laughs> Watch this. Watch this. This is this is this is it. I'm gonna I'm gonna sum up everything right now. I'm gonna stop. Okay. First Corinthians 118. Here's what Paul said. He says, for the preaching of the cross. That's what he calls the gospel. That's what, call, that's what Paul calls preaching. He, he, you know, I, I watch some of these guys, and they, they just tell a story. They're great storytellers and all this stuff. Paul preached Jesus Christ and him crucified. He, he didn't have a whole buffet of stuff. Whatever his message was, it always included the preaching of the cross. And Paul said, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish. Who is the them that perish? So we got a lot of folks around us that are perishing. And we ought to be, we ought to, we ought to be talking to them about it. We ought to be letting them know. Don't, don't, you know, don't worry about it. They, whatever, I don't, if I tell them they perish and they leave me alone, they, that'd be good. That'll be good. They leave you alone. You have more money. You have more peace. You tell them, hey, you, you know, you perishing. I don't want to hear that. Grandma, I don't want to hear that. I don't, don't want to hear that. Okay, they'll stay away. If I go over to Uncle Keith's house, he's going to tell me I'm perishing. I sure am. Amen. I'm going to say, well, you're on your way to hell, boy. Well, that's why I don't come over here. It ain't like you're doing anything. You're not coming over here me cut grass or nothing. Mm-hmm. Sucking down my Gatorades. Here we go. Stop. Stop. 
For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish. Them that are unregenerate. Those that are stubborn and there's no way of, of reaching them. That's the people who are perishing. How do I know? Because I used to be one. Okay? I used to be stubborn. I used to be unregenerate. How many, how many know what unregenerate? I, I, was, I wasn't saved. I wasn't saved. Okay? Now, I wasn't, I wasn't unsaved bad like some of y'all was. I was, I was like a working class bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> Toya lad, that, 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 see, that makes sense. See, see, some of y'all can relate to that. We was like working class bad. We want, you know, some of y'all was bad. Columbus, nah, they were bad. Everybody knew it. Yeah, I was bad, but some people thought I was okay. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? So, yeah, I was bad. I was going on the way to hell, you know. Unregenerate, stubborn, just godless. Not mine. But the preaching of the cross. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Yes. Wasn't it like that? You can relate to that. We look, we just look at people. Even though, even we might even went to church sitting in the back, and we didn't have cell phones back then, so we was just talking, and the ushers was always back there, telling us be quiet, spit out the gum. We thought church was a joke. Seriously, because we was unregenerate. It was foolishness. We had to go. We didn't have no choice. Kids today, kids today tell their parents, I ain't going to church. Okay. Stay home. See? But unto us, the last part of this verse, I'm close. But unto us, I like that. But unto us, look at Paul talking. He puts himself in the same class as everybody that ever been saved. He said, but unto us, which are saved. Paul said, I, 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 I've been saved. Paul was saved. Paul was Paul was the chief sinner. I, as bad as any of us was, we didn't even compare to the chief. We can all be doing our sins. We could all be in one room, all the sinners in the world. And Paul walked in and we all knew he was the baddest sinner that ever lived. Okay? It'd be, it'd be like, it'd be like walking in a room, you got all the, the greatest athletes of all time. The greatest boxers of all time, all sitting in the, in the same room. And, 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 you know, and then here come Mike Tyson. Everybody like, jeez. All the greatest basketball players in the room, they all talking about how much they did. And here come Michael Jordan. Paul, he says, but unto us which are saved right now. Right now. Which are saved. Not, not, not might get saved. Which are saved. Okay. It is the power of God. It is the power of God. The preaching of the cross to us that are saved. Is the power of God. Think about that. Think about that. I said it this morning. You know. You know there's only two types of people in this world. Two types of people. It ain't black and white. You're black, black man white man. We all bleed. We all bleed the same. Amen. Okay, you all believe the same. Amen. Let me tell you something. In God's world, 
And God's word, that's the only word I'm concerned about. Because this one here is just passing away. Okay? And in God's world, there's only two types of people. Saved and unsaved. Now, how do you know? Is the preaching of the cross foolishness to you? Is it foolishness to you? Or is it a power? Is it the power of God? Uh, to me, it's the power of God. Amen. Oh, I, I wouldn't want to miss a Sunday for nothing in the world. Amen. I hear these people, oh, you can have church at home. I don't want to have church at home. I don't want to have church at home. I want to, I want to be like David. David said, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into, Amen. not in the parking lot. Some folks still have a church in the parking lots. <laughs> David said, let us go into Amen. the house of the Lord. Precious Lord, thank you this morning. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the power of God. Thank you, Father God, for being with us as we go out into this fallen world and give us the power to represent you. Give us the power to testify of your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your love and tell someone how you changed us, how you came into our life and gave us the power to repent of our sins and to turn from our wicked ways. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen.